Welcome to this special edition of Get to Know an Average Joe. This is an unplanned episode, and it was inspired by grief mixed with the joy of spending time with people you love, your girlfriends. Five women got together uh, to attend the funeral of our good friend Elin's mom. In the background, you hear music that was played during Elin's mom's funeral, Psalm 201 and 285. Just to briefly introduce you to who's who in the front seat behind the wheel of the gray Volvo on the road, we have Gabriella. Next to her as navigator was Lore. In the back seat behind Gabriella, Amy. In the middle, me. And on the right, Susanna. So let's get on the road. five far from average women on our way from Stockholm to Motala, which is three hours away. And uh, since we're headed to a funeral, everybody's going to get to say a few words about what it's like to be a daughter. Daughters and mothers, that's our topic. I'm more worried about being a mother. Than being a daughter? Yeah. Why is being a mother harder? Because that's my job. Daughter was something, you know, a mother. I was born with that. <laughs> Until the microphone was turned on, this car was all abuzz with conversation. That's a loaded question. Okay, let's take an unloaded question. How is your sandwich when we stop for Fika? It was a very nice sandwich. Super good bread. I love my sandwich. Uh, I have a very easy relationship with sandwiches <laughs> and food of all kinds. The relationship with my mother I've struggled with since, well, since I know her, I think. So that was a hard question for me, and I think I need to think about that more. Being a daughter is not, I think I've enjoyed more being a mother than being a daughter. I have a tough situation with my mother. I'm totally with you. Mm. I'm working really hard on my relationship with my mother because we're at the age now where... I mean, you did, did you say we're going to a funeral? I did. Where people, people's mothers die. And that made me think a couple of years back that I don't, wanna, I don't want her to leave me and not of us not have tried more to have some good moments together. I don't mind not trying. I mean, I guess that's a different way to tolerate, you know, a difficult relationship, right? Well, I, I gave up on, on other really important relationships. So this one I really want to work on. Bravo. But you, Ames. I have a follow-up question for Susie. <laughs> Am I allowed to do the interviewing yes. too? So, like, how do you how do you work on it, or what do you what are you cognizant of in a different way now? Quantity. I focus on quantity instead of quality, maybe, and just try to spend a lot of time with her. Just sitting next to her, drinking coffee, or asking if I can make her a sandwich, or just like I don't know. This doesn't sound very exciting. Spending a lot of time together. Nodding from the front seat, but your mom doesn't even live in the same country as you, Laura. So how do you work on that? Yeah, but no, but I was I could totally relate to that. That it's uh, relation relationship with your mother is very often very complicated, and, and she can be super annoying. But I think I have the only mother here who actually can apologize for how she is as a mother. She totally gets how she is, and I've received during the years at least two or three letters or emails 
So it's amazing. It's and how do you react? How do you respond to an apology? Uh, you have to just just have to be uh, really happy and grateful for that. Of course, you're not going to change your mother. You're never going to change your mother. To me, it's more about the whole family constellation, and that can be, you know, it's like, it's like the book says, all families are psychotic. But why, why, I don't see how the mother is more or less important in that. It's a system with several people involved, and I can be unhappy with my position in that group and how it all works out. But I don't, I don't think that's between me and my mother specifically. I think that's between everybody in the family. Even though it's an entire family dynamic, you also have a separate dynamic with your mother, and I'm curious about that. Maybe I, I never see my mother without the rest of the family, so I wouldn't know. You know, I feel like my relationship with my mom changed drastically twice. Once, when of course I became a mother, then I just really kind of got off my high horse and just started realizing how how tough she actually had uh, had it, and how like you know she did the best she could, and like you know my judgment fell away, and that you know which was really you know I think liberating for both of us. But then also when my stepdad died, it also changed our relationship dynamic. So yes, there is like that family constellation, but it does it does change your interaction with that with that one person. Uh, but he was your stepdad for. 30. 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. No, but it was, you know, it was also, it's also been beautiful to see my mom blossom in many, you know, it's been, actually, I've kind of lost count of how many years it's been now. It's been five or six years, maybe six years uh, since he's passed on. But just, she really has just become so independent and blossomed and just, you know, really kind of come into herself in a way that I think she maybe hid a bit before, you know, and you know how it is with relationship dynamics too, you take on a role and you, you let sides of yourself fall away and whatnot, so it's, it's lovely, to, I mean, it's, it's a joy to see her, like, take space in herself now. Your mom's a math teacher, you work in research and, and got your PhD, so academia was obviously something that was really instilled in you. How do you think you take certain qualities from your mom and make them your own? Oh, that's so funny, you know, when, when my mom and I weren't maybe connecting super well back when I was a, you know, a teenager and even my early 20s, we actually, there was two things I knew I could always connect with my mom on, and that was makeup and math. And, and so there was just this like little, you know, just this kind of joy in, I, you know, I saw her joy in, in that kind of abstract space of math, and it was lovely to see that. And I think one reason why, she never went on to get her master's or PhD, or when I, you know, started to get into research, but of course I connected again with, with my mom, and actually she, like, totally helped me get through, you know, my first years in graduate school with the, with the, with the mathematics that were involved in that PhD, and she used to, like, Skype with me and show me some basic formulas, and it was just, like, it was such a connecting time for her and me, and, uh, and one of the, like, the best things of actually about getting my PhD was my mom's speech at, our, at my dissertation party and I just I hadn't ever seen my mom do a public speech like that but you know my mom is just my Italian you know take care of your mom you know make sure that you know that you're safe and that you're fed and so to see her in that light was also kind of know, in her specialty zone oh it was beautiful it was she was funny and she just like connected things in and just like she showed you know she was just shining and uh, you know I started just thinking back to you know what it is that we actually inherit from our mom more than the genes right just more of this kind of outlook on life or wisdom it's been the opposite for me a little bit that I've always tried to distance myself as far as I could because I wanted to be anything but like my mother who is very much about fear the earliest I can remember is act a day or be careful or you're gonna hurt yourself or those people are gonna be bad people or don't go out there and was all this fear 
So most of my life, as soon as I was a teenager, I tried to get away from that. And always I didn't want to be the kind of mother she was when I was a mother. I didn't want to be like she was when I was an adult. So when I hear you talk about how proud you were of your mother and how proud she must have been of you, a part of me thinks, oh, I want to feel like that just once. Not that I haven't been proud of my mother and that she hasn't been crazy proud of me, but that love has always been a burden to carry. But now is when I feel I just want to be close to her. I'm not so scared to become her anymore. I can see maybe by choosing not to be so scared and maybe getting, trying to get close to her again, I can avoid being what I think she's been for a large part of her life which is scared to death of how you, everything. Wow. How do you tackle, I mean, because fear, I think, of all the emotions we feel, I think fear is the hardest. Yes. How do you tackle that? I don't know. I, I think about a former friend of ours, or not a former friend, a former colleague of ours, Michelle. She used to have on her desk this little, little uh, piece of paper taped, and it said, there's no fear, but fear itself. And oh. I just love, and I know it's cliche, but An I American that. president said I that. Love that. Yeah. yeah. If you show your own vulnerability, then that's the first step, I think. Show that you're scared, too. Yeah. I'm going to lean forward to the front seat because uh, something that you have in common with Amy, Lore, is that your mom's a teacher. And uh, I'm just curious, what do you recognize in yourself that maybe you got from your mom? <laughs> I like to tell people what to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> and I know best, of course. <laughs> no, 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 but I was just reflecting on what you are saying, and it's, it's, it's really about mother is the best and the worst right it's combined I can totally relate in my role as a mother like I can give my son the best but I can also show him my worst part right and that's exactly that's exactly that's exactly the relation you, you all make an effort now that you have had kids with your mothers because you kind of get an understanding of how it was I often get so frustrated with myself because I'm ruder to my own children than I dare to be with anybody else and it happens in the heat of the moment and then it's over and I'm like why did I have to be that horrible exactly exactly and that takes you back right to to the relationship you are with your mother you got the worst and you get the best my mother was she's also a teacher she was always really frustrated and I realized uh, afterwards that my mo mother is very gifted she has a very good brain and it was never put to proper use and that's got to be frustrating so how has that made you make certain decisions in your life to either address your gifts or your children's gifts? It makes me understand more about why my mother was so frustrated when I was growing up. As for myself, and my, I'm just, you know, I'm just making do and I'm just trying to get my kids the space they need to develop in, in, in their speed. I think that describes parenthood pretty succinctly. And since we're, we are on the way to uh, the funeral for our friend Ellen's mom, now I want to turn a little bit to death. And, and since, since you lost Paul, since you lost your stepdad, I'll start with you, Amy, and that is, how do we process death? It's so culturally different. You're an expat in Sweden. There's one way to deal with death in the US. There's another way to deal with it in Sweden. And then there's another way to deal with it as a, as a daughter. How do you deal with death? Oh, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's quite the question. You know, I feel like, you know, when death changes everything, everything, you know, kind of comes into such a degree of potency, you know, it's like it tears a fabric and you can 
you see something clearly or differently than you've ever seen. Um, it just it's such a radical transformation of, for the people left behind, right? I mean, um, so what becomes clear that wasn't clear? Okay, now I'm gonna start to weep here. Someone brought like tissues with, the, <laughs> with this microphone. I hope. Do we have tissues? No, by the way, no. we are gonna need them. I never. Oh my goodness. No, I think what becomes clear is it might sound cliche to some people, but I I believe this in my in my being. I think all of the love and the goodness and the amazingness that that person brought into your life becomes very clear. And the the things that were harder fall away. Because there was a lot that was that was hard in a, in a step parent relationship. You lost your in laws. Um, was it two years ago, Laura, or one in law? Sorry, your father in law. And how how do you think you dealt with that? Because he was in Australia, and you also had to deal with a cross cultural grief experience. Yeah. Again, one thing in common in death are the rituals, and I think the rituals are extremely important. This is uh, something something you realize when you get older, how uh, the importance of, of uh, getting together. And I think this is why we're all in this car today, uh, to be with Ellen in this uh, today. And then, of course, I mean, we're all in this situation where we live very far away from our parents. And uh, honestly, I don't know how to de- deal with this. It must be extremely hard to lose somebody who is uh, on the other side of an ocean. It must be really, really hard. But it's not its not a day without joy because at the cafe where we just were, the, the woman who who, uh, who served us coffee and sandwiches, she asked what we were doing and, and we were like, we're going to a funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were also, yeah, because we're happy to be together today. We, this doesn't happen very often. We also realized that it's our 20th or for some of us, it's exactly 20 years this, this year that we know each other. I was actually looking forward to spending almost five hours in a car together with you. We can switch to a happier topic, and uh, but it's still going to have to do with uh, the topic of the day. Um, Gabby, since you're an employee at Spotify, I'm going to put you on the spot if I... How are you going to get this one together? Okay, go on. What's your playlist for this road trip from Stockholm? to Motala for the funeral. You can't just throw that out there. Creating a playlist is like a process. You can't. I don't actually have a playlist for this trip. But uh, let's think about some songs that might be appropriate. Any song, Gabs, for the playlist? I only come up with cheesy stuff. I believe I can fly or true colors or, you know, like lean on me. Last time you took a road trip, where was it? And uh, what was your playlist on that road trip? The last road trip that I made a really elaborate playlist for was actually going cross-country in the U.S. It's a long time ago now. It's so long ago that we had it on a CD. That was very geographical. We we went from Boston to Los Angeles. And there was like songs for every state that we passed. There was some Simon and Garfunkel, America. And there was some uh, uh, road trip songs. And and we listened to... um, is that America, Simon and Garfunkel, where they uh, oh, yes. on the New Jersey Turnpike when we were driving on the New Jersey Turnpike? So it, um Time not now. Lore, you're shaking your head because this really says so much about Gabby as a person, doesn't it? That is so Gabriella. And the thing is, she found Niklas, right? So <laughs> the two of them, you must have spent, I don't know how many hours doing this, of course. 
Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I am making a playlist for our trip to the zoo with, with our neighbors, and it's completely messed up my Discover Weekly on Spotify because it's all these, you know, because it's a family trip, so it's all kid songs and songs about animals and stuff that I don't necessarily listen to because I think it's great music, but it's fun on a road trip to have, like, theme music. And now that theme music is all over my playlists, my, my, my Discover Weekly playlist that I used to love. So it's very, I need to talk about the development department about this, how to <laughs> Would Spotify suggest a list for, uh, for grieving? I don't actually know, but we do say that, you know, music is a part of life everywhere. We have music for every moment. So I'm sure there is somewhere. I, I, I haven't seen it because I, I haven't been looking for it either. How many of you know any of the hymns that will be sung today? Any hymns? I'm kind of looking forward to the hymns. For an atheist, I'm really into hymns. Why? Uh, I don't know. I used to. I come from a small town. I used to sing in the church choir. I guess it's just. Uh, uh, I like the music. There's a lot of excellent church music. Anyone talk about Ingejard? Talk about Elin's mom? So I remember one thing. Um, Ingejard was a uh, midwife, and when we had our babies, she gave a very high compliment to me and Lars. And she said, she said this to Elin. She was like, "They're dumb parents." What she meant is that we had pretty good instincts, and that we weren't getting our parent philosophy from a book. I thought that was a really nice compliment. What do you remember about Ingeard? She also visited me when I had uh, just given birth. Jean Allen came over, and uh, you know it's so great to have a midwife walk into your home when you've just given birth. You just feel like okay, I can just relax. It was our, you know, I'm my first child, so Isla, and uh, you know, you know, Ingeard was just you know also just giving me breastfeeding advice and doing you know you're doing a great job, you know, go, you know just that you know that midwife presence of. Of, uh, which is so unique, right? There's such a strength and this nurturing and this knowing. And uh, yeah, I have so many nice memories of Ingeard throughout the years. She's just an elegant woman. Sadly, I only know Elin's mother through Elin because I never met her in person. But um, I'm just going to go back to what I talked about before, trying to get to know my mother better and come closer to her. That's actually inspired by the last few years with Elin and her mother. It made me think when her mother became sick and a lot of the my best friends' parents have died in the last few years from exactly the same reasons and this brings you very close to death and to being a child of mothers and fathers and what you want to do with the time that you have with your parents, although neither one of my parents is sick, but they're getting older and I can see that they're getting older. So Elin and her mother and their relationship has actually was the one of the inspirations for my mission to get closer to my mom. I uh, remember Ingejard actually through Elin something that she said because when I got pregnant 
I was, it was hard to get pregnant, so I was really worried about a lot of things, and amongst them was what to eat and what not to eat. And uh, Ellen basically told me her mother had said, you know, you can basically eat ice cream all through your pregnancy, and you know, the baby will survive, you'll be fine. And that was so important because I really relaxed after that and had a lot of ice cream, of course, but yeah, so that, was, that was really good, yeah. She was just wonderful. Yeah, she she actually saved, uh, not quite my life, but definitely the day three times. Two pregnancies, two births, and, and one baby in between that didn't happen. Uh, and it was very traumatic, and she was, she was there, and she was so generous and kind and empathetic. The second baby, uh, we found out almost mid-pregnancy that there was something wrong with this baby. So there was, uh, and the, the doctor told that the, the chances of you having a healthy baby is zero. I can tell you that, but I don't know how bad it is. So that left us for a week with not knowing if we would be parents to a disabled child, if we would have a child at all, or if we would be having to make some pretty horrendous decisions and, and what the, that decision would be. And I remember Aileen's mother, actually both Aileen's parents, um, being there for us that week and I remember her saying which was so liberating to me that she, she said after I had one of the tests done she said you know what a part of me wishes that you would have that you would have miscarried during the this test so that you wouldn't have to think about this anymore and this was a thought that I had thought myself and I felt so guilty about thinking that and knowing that she thought that, being a professional, and it was just so kind of her to say that, to make me feel okay with having thought that thought. After a while, we found out that there was no hope and that there was no decision to be made, that we just had to live through this baby that wasn't going to be, and it was very hard, but they were there through that whole process. And then I got pregnant a third time, and I was really worried about the delivery because the first one was so fast. And she said, I've been a midwife for what, I don't know, 35 years at that time maybe? And she, uh, and she said, I've never had a taxi delivery go wrong. It's fast because it's okay. So don't, and, and it just, I just calmed down so much. And she actually told me what to do. She said, if you have this baby alone, it's going to be okay. This is what you do. And that just prepared me, and uh, in the end, uh, I just uh, I, I could be so much more calm about this than you know. We made it to the hospital. We were there for a good 15 minutes before the baby came, so it was <laughs> plenty of time. What luxury! In a way, these are all moments about Ingigerd that resemble moment the moment that you saw Judy in her space. All of these stories are Ingigerd in in her space of of strength and expertise and knowledge. I look forward to remembering Ingyard today. And that was only part of our car ride. The rest of the time was full of laughter and complaints and love. Everything that you talk about with, uh, with your girlfriends. A big thanks to Gabriella, Lore, Amy, and Susanna for opening up while the mic was on, as well as after we turned it off. Our next podcast will return to the regular plan, and you'll meet Thomas Wavelet and hear why he is no average Joe either. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Let me know at Dodiax on Twitter what you think and who you'd like to hear from. And now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs>